Hello everyone. I am Ananya and I have with me Saurabh and we are going to be your host for today's episode. We have with us an alumni who took this exciting path and we are honored to know how he did it and what challenges he faced along with it. Please welcome Mr. Anish Basu Roy. He is a SEMHRD alumnus and is the founder and CEO Tax Foods. He has recently cracked a deal at Shark Tank with years of expertise in entrepreneurship. We have a lot to learn from him today. So grab onto your earphones and be ready. Hello Anish sir and welcome to our podcast. So sir we have a few questions curated from our batch as many of them were curious to know about your journey. So starting with the first question. Sure. So uh, every brand has a story behind its creation and every founder has a let's do it movement. So where he resolves uh, to start the business and takes the first step in that direction. So what was your let's do it moment? uh first of all saurabh uh, thanks so much for uh, having me on this podcast uh, means a lot uh, i've been away from campus for many years now but i think uh, you know the two years that i spent there uh, definitely have stayed back with me and you know happy to be speaking to people who are possibly part of that journey now uh, yes. which i did uh, what almost some 16 or 17 years back uh, yeah uh let's do it moment uh, i like the way you guys have kind of given it a fancy dimension uh but allow me to put it this way you know i've kind of done it twice now so i'm not very sure if you know there was ever a let's do it moment I'm not very sure if you guys are aware but tags is my second venture and yes. uh, i quit my corporate job back in december 2012 and uh, maybe that time around i did have a little bit of a you know the whole let's do it kind of a phenomena i was at a very uh, interesting juncture uh, in my professional career I was back then heading the enterprise sales business for Nokia in India, and I'd done that for almost two years. Um, I was supposed to move on to my next stint, uh, which would have possibly taken me uh, to a role within Nokia, based out of Dubai. And uh, while the role was damn exciting, and uh, you know, to be honest, the money on offer was also damn exciting. But um, I still remember I was 30 back then, and what struck me very, very clearly is the fact that. Uh, if i chose to take you know that next jump in my corporate career i would possibly stuck to a corporate career for the rest of my life and hence a decision needed to be made uh, because somewhere uh, there was always this deep desire lurking in the background to uh, do something on my own so yeah well yes uh, at that point in time possibly my let's uh, do it moment was prompted by the fact that i needed to decide between my next role in a corporate career versus starting up right and i chose to start up the second time around the tags to be very honest there there was never really a let's do it kind of a moment simply because uh, tags happened after almost 18 months of intense uh, research right it was a very rational a very thought through a very planned move and hence allow me to be honest but then you know with tags there was never a let's do it moment it was it was very methodical very research based you know very plan based uh, approach with which we decided to you know go ahead with this journey of crafting a premium snack brand uh, with a focus on product innovation and taste and and better for you qualities as a product all right sir so at what stage did you know that it has reached a product market fit hmm i'm glad the uh, <laughs> you know students in b school are nowadays talking about product market fit in fact uh, that's that's very that's that's very heartening that you know you guys uh, today speak in this language because i remember back in my day uh, you know the most sought after jobs 
what typically the investment banking jobs or uh, you know the consulting uh, assignments uh, and and none of us knew anything about product market fit uh, i'm sure we've already reached a stage where a bunch of you and maybe the sharpest minds uh, in college today don't even want to work for somebody else right uh maybe the sharpest uh, kids in the batch today want to start up on their own and in that context i think it only makes sense that you guys are already thinking and talking about product market fit so that's damn exciting how did we know that uh, you know the product had reached uh, product market fit in fact uh, you know happy to share a small white paper that i wrote about this as well and the white paper was very interestingly titled uh, you know 7.5 metrics uh, that we used to evaluate whether you know tags had reached product market fit or not it's up on my linkedin you know feel free to kind of uh, you know go through that that will give you a deep down um, hands on look at what kind of metrics to usually measure right but at a very overarching level uh, allow me to very quickly speak about uh, how can you measure product market fit in my view number one what is most important for any product to measure uh, is the rate of adoption okay so regardless of whether you're making a consumer product uh whether you're making a tech product uh i think what is very important is that uh, what is the degree of ease with which users are adopting your product okay that's number one number two uh i think what is very important to measure is that how often is the consumer engaging with your product or repeating your product right so in case of food products i think the repeat rates matter a lot but for example if any of you are thinking about doing a tech product then possibly what measures a lot is the engagement rate how often is is the is the user using your product your app or or you know your interface or whatever number 3 what is extremely important at the product market fit is to evaluate whether the adoption and the repeat is happening in absence of a marketing input or in presence of a marketing input i believe true model product fit can be ascertained only if there is good adoption of your product with healthy product rates in absence of a marketing input right lastly uh, i think what is very important for everyone to realize is that at what kind of unit economics okay is your product getting adopted repeated uh, and if marketing has played a role in that so unit economics is very important so there's no point launching a product in the market which is ridiculously cheap and and you launch it at a very low price and consumers start adopting your product and you get excited by the fact that consumers are using your products right or repeating your product the fact is they are using it possibly because it's 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 very cheap uh, maybe at that kind of a price your unit economics don't work so these four aspects in my view are very critical we uh, you know kind of alpha tested and beta tested our products uh, in various stores right so typically what we did is we identified multiple stores in in bangalore and we targeted about 100 odd stores where we just placed our products we observed whether you know consumers were buying our products without any marketing input at all or not we 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 started measuring how much were the consumers repeating you know what percentage of the customers were coming back to buy our chips again uh, and all of this we did in absence of any kind of a marketing input and we did this at the price at which we intended to launch the product okay in fact i think the pricing was slightly higher so i still remember we launched with a 50 rupee pack which was like a 30 gram pack okay today what we sell is basically 40 grams at about 50 rupees and a larger pack size and stuff like that but even with a with a costlier proposition our product was getting adopted and hence we knew that you know the the product had 
found a product market fit the same stores were buying more quantities right uh, of the same products so those are some of the interesting ways that you possibly ensure uh, and establish uh, that your product has found market fit right sir so we'll definitely i hope that was, I, i hope that was not a very technical answer and and i tried to uh, make it as easily understandable as possible yes sir that definitely was and a thank you uh, we'll, we'll definitely have a read about the 7.5 metrics on your linkedin and we'll also share it with the marketing enthusiasts as well so sir um, moving on uh, as you say that you are more comfortable in calling tags as a small business rather than a startup so uh, can you share uh, an incident Uh, that you fondly remember while tags was just in its infancy phase or during the start of your journey with tags oh there are just too many of them uh, i think it's it's very difficult to to narrate one but i'll tell you uh, you know a few okay so before i i go on to narrate a few incidents i think allow me to clarify and what i mean uh, as the difference between a small business and a startup okay i started my first venture back in 2013 and in 2013 startup was not even a fashionable term right flipkart had just about started scaling up uh, not sure if you guys would remember so at that point in time uh, startups uh, was unheard of right today we've reached a stage where almost every day you possibly open a newspaper but nobody opens newspapers these days everybody you know kind of reads newspapers on their phone or laptop you you read about so many companies that are that are raising capital right uh, Uh, you, you know so many companies are growing so fast okay i think somewhere in the last 10 years what has also happened is that startups have got have become synonymous with just raising capital growth at any cost right and rising valuations more often than not uh, we don't even know what kind of revenues these fast growing startups are clocking right not very sure if you guys are aware but i think there are now what 40 49 or 50 odd unicorns in the country and i was just counting the other day while tags is still a very very small business our revenue possibly is much higher than at least six or seven of those unicorns technically right and in my view the true uh, metric on which a business should be measured is 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 revenues right is bottom line is is top line at the end of the day not valuations so uh the reason i prefer calling ourselves a small business is because that is one way of reminding uh, ourselves every day that we are not chasing valuations necessarily okay we are not just chasing mindless growth uh we are focused on making sure that we do what is the right thing for business uh which is driving top line as well as bottom line at all points in time right and hence uh we don't call ourselves a startup as much okay uh coming back to the interesting incidents uh, i think the most interesting phase for us was uh, we had just launched our product you know around uh, february of 2020 uh and the lockdown uh, you know covid happened and, and and the first lockdown hit and virtually everything came to a standstill i still remember i think uh, we were we were a very very small team back then you know typically we would have to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning right and uh, you know none of our distributors were working back then uh and retailers wanted our products they were ordering a lot you know so typically me and my team would take both my cars out and and, and both my cars would be used for uh, delivering to retailers right we would wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock we would deliver the products to retailers and we had to come back because there was a curfew after 9 o'clock right uh i still remember a, a, a small team of about 3 4 people uh unloaded a full truck full of about 470 cartons which had shipped from our factory to our warehouse Uh, because there was no labor available right and, and we had to do it ourselves 
so i think those were some of the interesting uh, moments uh, uh, the most memorable moments uh, you know in this uh, long journey that we've embarked on right sir that was really an interesting uh, piece of in fact i still remember that that 470 uh, carton truck which came into the lane of our warehouse that was the first day we realized that a large truck could not actually come into the lane because uh, that particular lane had wires the wifi wires and electricity wires of all other warehouses in that area at a low height so when our truck had to come in uh, it w- it would have potentially uh, destroyed all the wires uh, so one of the team members actually climbed on to the truck uh, on on top of the truck on the roof of the truck lifted all the wires okay and let the truck pass through so uh a little bit of a tarzan moment let me put it that way you know to unload inventory <laughs> right sir that was quite an interesting piece of a story that you shared so uh, so sir coming back to uh, your uh, tax products so apart from air pop chips and dips so do you have any plans on diversifying the products and exploring other snacking options uh, if yes, you of course sir how would you go about creating a supply chain for the product so that uh they are easily available for consumption uh so yes as a business uh, we are definitely not a pop chips company okay uh, so while we have already launched our pop chips and uh, dips already uh in fact uh, we've already started accepting pre orders for our chocolate cigars as well um so the four categories that tags is going to be disrupting you know in times to come and in this year uh, we basically focused on four categories which are basically chips dips chocolates and cookies and uh, you know in the chip segment we do pop chips but then our pop chips have two distinct segments one is the classic indian flavors such as masala cream onion and salt the other uh, range of our pop chips is basically our bar snacking flavors right which is beer and barbecue italian wine and cheese thai vodka tom yum uh, which plugs into the whole gap in the market for for bar snacks right um, i'm sure everybody here on the call is is above drinking age uh, and hence you know we can have a uh you know grown up conversation around this uh if if you see the alcobev options today in the country uh, right there's been a lot of premiumization so compared to 10 years ago when you know we we would only have kingfisher and a few other options right today there are a lot of premium beer options there are a lot of premium gin options a lot of premium vodka options but then bar snacking is still somewhere stuck in the chakna era right so we're trying to offer consumers a premium bar snacking experience as well uh and in that context we've launched our dips as well right so we only do international gourmet flavors uh such as pepper jack and garlic aioli and these are flavors that typically most other dip manufacturers in india do not do um as i mentioned we've just launched our uh, uh you know dark chocolate cigars uh, uh these are very uh, uh you know finely crafted uh, uh you know chocolate cigars made from dark chocolate made from cocoa sourced ghana uh we'll typically be selling this in handcrafted wooden boxes just the way a cigar is uh, potentially sold right uh we will do a lot of other interesting products with chocolates as well so the four categories that you will see coming out from the house of tags is basically chips dips chocolates and cookies and all of that is happening this year itself uh right so we are pretty sure that all these upcoming products would do well too in the market uh so the next question is uh, you're in an industry which is dominated by prominent brands like uh, lays haldiram bringo pringles too yum and many more local players as well it must have been a very difficult journey to create a market presence of your brand tag 
uh, can you please share the challenges that you faced uh, what would be your advice to entrepreneurs who face similar challenges as you faced so let me kind of uh, do away with the misconception okay it is not necessary that you have to start a business in a white space okay uh, it is not necessary that you have to create a market okay it is not necessary that your product idea needs to be completely different from anything and everybody else right uh, i think it makes equal amount of sense to enter a mature market if you have a adequately differentiated product right and i'm sure by now all of you guys have started uh, you know in your marketing classes about product differentiation uh it's very important uh, and of course we are we are playing in a crowded market we fully realize that okay uh however allow me to state how we are differentiating ourselves right so for example we are not competing with you know your lays or haldiram or toyam or any of these other products because all these brands and all these products are typically uh, focused on catering to a mass market right these are all brands which are typically selling at your 10 rupee 20 rupee kind of price points and these are products uh, which are not just unhealthy they are all mass produced uh, you know there's there's very little differentiation between the two uh, we are very clearly focused on the top of the market right and in the chips segment if you look at it except for pringles there is no other brand you know which is a truly premium brand and then, you know that's the kind of space that we want to play in if you look at the dips space okay of course dips and sauces may you have a lot of brands which are doing sauces but then there's nobody who's really doing a range of premium gourmet uh, you know dips uh, even in the chocolate segment we are not competing with a amul or a mondelez or cadbury right we are uh, basically operating in a segment which is today uh, you know led by brands like ferrero rocher or uh, lindt or fabel right so there are limited choices at the top of the pyramid if you look at so uh, what we've identified is that the top 30 40 million households in the country okay and you know all the students in 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 a college like ours come from some of these households and i'm sure you guys will realize and agree that you know for for households which are the top 30 40 million households in the country today all the snacking options are very massy you know uh, they're all cheap they're all unhealthy right most of them and we all realize uh, we also realize that all these brands are old brands they're all legacy brands uh now pringles is is older than me right i don't expect uh, uh any of uh, you guys to resonate with pringles ka brand personality right <laughs> uh it's high time that uh, there is there is a gen z brand which comes and takes the premium segment uh, by storm and because you know we are focused uh, on a specific niche to be very honest we haven't necessarily been challenged a lot by any of these mass players right they also don't care about us because we are not taking away their market we are possibly plugging into a gap that exists in the market for premium uh, you know uh, products uh, with, with with a brand image which is which is very urban jency uh, products that are innovative products that are uh, tasty and at the same time uh, better for you as well right so i think that's where the differentiation comes from in summary don't be afraid to necessarily enter a crowded market okay a crowded market has its own positives as well which means it's a mature market right which means in a crowded large market even if you are able to take away a small market share you will end up business building a decent sized business right uh, it's a lot less riskier you know chances of success are a lot higher in a crowded market but then you need to identify the right niche 
Right, sir. So that's a pro tip for our upcoming entrepreneurs. So moving on, coming to Shark Tank, uh, was raising funds the only reason you went on Shark Tank or did you look at it as a great platform to promote your brand? And also, is raising the end game? Um, I think in a way, I've kind of already responded and given you my thoughts on this. So building a business is not the same as raising capital. Okay. Unfortunately, you know, as I said right in the beginning, today everybody has started assuming that if I'm building a startup, I need to raise capital. And everybody is just trying to raise more and more capital. Right. Uh, but anyways, I, I will respond to your question right away. So no, uh, going on Shark Tank had nothing to do with our capital raising plans. Right. Uh, it was it was not to raise capital. Uh, uh, you know, Namita and Ashneer came along as partners and that's damn exciting. But then the kind of capital uh, that sharks typically end up investing doesn't necessarily make a big difference for a company like ours. Right? It's, it's, it's more about the partnering uh, with, you know, these experienced entrepreneurs and most importantly for the visibility. Right? Uh, we've, we've been telecast and, and we've received massive viewership on national primetime television, right? Uh, which has a huge uh, effect on, uh, you know, creating awareness around the brand, right? And and that is all free, technically, if you look at it, right? So I think going on Shark Tank, uh, uh, we were definitely motivated by the, you know, visibility uh, for the brand. And I think uh, that purpose has been met. So we have another question for you. Uh, what is the one piece of advice you would like to give to the entrepreneurs who are looking forward to being a part of Shark Tank Season 2? Hmm. Number one, uh, you know, decide if it even makes sense for you to be on Shark Tank or not. Right. So if any of you are thinking about doing a deep tech product, okay, uh, like building a robotic, you know, arm, which potentially has a, has a B2B purpose. I'm not very sure if it even makes sense for you to be on Shark Tank because uh, I think what makes sense on Shark Tank is, is consumer facing businesses, right? Because I think the biggest asset that today Shark Tank provides to any business is the visibility, you know, to the consumers that it provides. So if you don't need consumer visibility, right, maybe you don't need to go on Shark Tank. Secondly, if you if you are looking at uh, going on Shark Tank, uh, of course, be very, very clear about the kind of uh, valuations and uh, the kind of equity that you want to offload, right? Uh, don't shy away from necessarily walking away from a deal, you know, if you feel it is not making sense to you, right? So think through now that, you know, all of you have the advantage of having seen a lot of these Shark Tank episodes, uh, be very clear about how much you're looking to dive, right? And, and how much value uh, can the sharks potentially actually create for you uh, alongside the capital that they're bringing in. Number three, uh, but don't look at Shark Tank as a pitching platform. Uh, look at Shark Tank as an advertising platform, right? So your pitch possibly needs to be thought through just the way uh, you would think about an advertisement for your brand, right? Um, so if you guys remember, we started off with that whole oil shots uh, opener, right? And I think that's something which kind of made people sit up and grab their attention. And the first two, three minutes of our initial spiel, uh, it was more like an ad, if you look at it, right? We, we always thought of it as an ad and not necessarily as a pitch. Uh, yeah, so those are possibly the three things. Thank you, Anisar, for such an uh, insightful podcast session and taking out time from your busy schedule. I'm sure that students from SCMHRD have a lot to learn from your journey. And we were really proud when we saw our alumnus on the big stage of Shark Tank India. So we wish you all the best for your future endeavors and we look forward for the new tax products. Thank you.
thanks so much saurav thanks so much ananya i think uh, what i will do after this um, podcast is i will ask my team to create a special coupon code for uh, all the students of scmhr right so you know whoever is listening to the call you know feel free to just visit our website and avail of some interesting discounts uh, i will just keep it very simple i think the coupon code we will call it scmhr uh, yeah i hope that makes sense so well, let me get the team to work on create a special exclusive discount code for all scmhr students sure sir sure thank you yeah thank all you all right sir. lovely chatting with you guys thank, thank you thank you so much arif sir